Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. My name is Robert Lamb. And I am Joe McCormick. And it's Monday, the day of each week that we read back messages from the Stuff to Blow Your Mind email address. If you have never gotten in touch with us before, maybe you should give it a try. You can reach us at contact at stuff to blow your mind.com. Whatever you want to send is fair game, but we of course always appreciate uh, feedback to recent episodes, especially if you have something interesting you'd like to add to a topic we've talked about. Uh, let's see, Rob, if you don't mind, I'm going to kick things off with this message from Hannah in response to our series on strange ice. Yeah, let's have it. Hannah says, Hi, guys. I've been listening for years. I love your podcast. I have stimulating conversations with people in my daily life that are inspired by your episodes. Regarding the strange ice, have you guys covered super cooled liquid water? Once, my father took a water bottle from our home freezer. It was in liquid form inside the bottle. As he opened it and tilted it downward to pour, we both watched as the water began freezing from the mouth of the bottle all the way to the end of the bottle. It's been many years since this happened, and I know the phenomenon exists, but I'm starting to doubt that I saw it in real life as opposed to a dream or something. Do you know anything about this? And is it something that can happen in a conventional domestic freezer? Again, love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Robert, Joe, and team. Sincerely, Hannah. Uh, yes, Hannah. Uh, yes, you are right. This is an example of what is called super cooling. It happens when water gets below the freezing point, below the temperature where it would normally freeze, while somehow still remaining a liquid. Uh, and in this supercooled state, it can freeze very rapidly all of a sudden. Uh, and it's not even especially rare from what I can tell. You can look up tons of videos of this online. 
Often it seems to be happening uh, with water inside smooth plastic bottles or uh, water uh, or just bottled water, you know, pre-bottled water that's uh, sold in stores when it is stored in the freezer or maybe outside in sub-zero temperatures. And yeah, it seems that it can happen in a normal domestic freezer. And that's because from everything I've read, it doesn't really actually depend very much on the environment outside the container of water, apart from it being below the freezing temperature. It is more related to what's inside the container. It's related to the makeup of the water and the container in which it is stored. So the common explanation is that ice crystals need what are called nucleation points. So that's a place where where crystals of ice can begin to form within the mass of liquid water. And usually this is some kind of uh, impurity in the water, maybe some kind of particle suspended within it or something dissolved in it, or it can be a rough place in the wall of the container in which the water is stored. But in a smooth container with very pure water, sometimes there isn't any nucleation point that would allow ice crystals to begin to form, and the water goes sub-zero while remaining a liquid. This comes to an end when the liquid is disturbed or agitated in some way. So if you bonk the bottle against something, or you shake it, or you tip it over to pour it, in all these cases, suddenly some kind of nucleation point is found, and then the water freezes all at once. And a really interesting thing I've noticed is that uh, in all the videos I've seen of this, the ice forms from the top down rather than from the bottom up. So it forms, uh, you know, away from the Earth's center of gravity moving toward the Earth's center of gravity. I don't know exactly why that is, but that seems curious. Another interesting fact is that a similar thing can happen in the opposite direction as well uh, with the creation of superheated water. And this is one reason it can be hazardous to microwave plain water without anything in it. Uh, Sometimes water in the microwave can exceed the normal boiling point of water while still remaining a liquid if there is no nucleation point allowing steam bubbles to begin to form. Uh, So in the case of like a microwaved mug or bowl of water, this can mean the water gets above 100 degrees Celsius or 212 Fahrenheit. And then, uh, you know, it just stays a liquid, uh, sort of still liquid without bubbles in this superheated uh, state. And then when you put something in it, like you stick a spoon or a tea bag in it, or you add some ingredient to it, suddenly it has nucleation points where it didn't have them before. And it sort of explodes, sending a splash of boiling water uh, all over the place and, of course, can burn people. In both cases, superheating and supercooling seem to be more likely with very pure water. So I've read that the uh, microwave thing is more likely to happen. It's more dangerous if you are using distilled water. Uh, Most of the time, tap water has enough impurities that bubbles will form, but it's still better to exercise caution when microwaving water, even if it is tap water. All right, this next one comes to us from Jeff with one F. Jeff writes, greeting science humans. I believe Emma Frost's diamond powers, uh, this is... um, character in the the X-Men comics, um, are supposed to make her essentially invulnerable. But based on your Diamond episodes, it seems as though her arch enemy should be Thor or at least anyone else with access to Hammer technology. 
Very good. Referring to the fact that you usually cannot dent or scratch a diamond, but you can shatter one with a hammer. Right. And I believe at the, in that episode, I, I kind of just put the call out. If there are any other diamond-related comic book uh, things we should know about to write in? And so that's what Jeff gets to. Jeff says, in the DC Comics universe, there's a character named Jeanette, a proper mythological banshee who kills one of her tormentors by repeatedly mixing not diamonds, but ground glass into her daily meals. Ugh. It did take years for the victim to die in prolonged agony of what was thought to be an undiagnosable disease, which is more plausible than death by a single hit of crushed diamond. Um, I had I had to look this character up, and it looks like that um, at some point in the, you know, the telling and creation of this character, she also ties into um, the household of Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Uh, so uh, it's, it sounds like uh, the creators had a lot of fun uh, putting this character together. Yikes. Uh, and yeah, that does seem more plausible, I'd agree. Whatever the poisonous properties or lack thereof of a, you know, single small amount of powdered diamond. I'd imagine if you just keep feeding it to people over and over for a long time, it's got to do something not great. Yeah. Jeff continues on a completely different note. Allow me a moment to uh, proselytize the tuna crab. They are a most adorable, colorful, and slightly nightmarish species, and I believe worthy of your attention. And, uh, at that point, uh, I believe the uh, the author Jeff here included a bunch of links. And Joe, you you dragged in some images of these creatures. Yeah, they looked kind of like uh, cooked crayfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they <laughs> did know, crawd- because you you know with, with crawdads often uh, uh, they have a more kind of well they can have different colors but might have more like a brown appearance on the shell before cooking. After you cook them, the shell turns bright red. These in life appear bright red. And uh, they they are also kind of uh, shaped like crayfish in that they've got these curling tails with uh, with fins on them and uh, and claws in the front. Uh, so they're shaped kind of like crayfish, but they have these elongated front pincers. Jeff continues. They spend most of their lives swimming in the open ocean, migrating from the deep to the surface at will. While they are very different creatures, they look a bit like squid while swimming, traveling in a jerky, non-fish-like motion with the uh, hydrodynamic portion of the animal in the front and the limbs dangling behind. And then as an aside, Jeff says, snorkeling near squid can be quite disorienting after you've acclimatized or acclimated to normal fish behavior. When you see a squadron of them in the distance, they look like a bunch of deformed mutant fish with all the body parts in the wrong place, which may be an enormous jaw or possibly shredded body on the back of the animal. I have to throw in that I've, I've only seen a maybe one or two squid out while snorkeling, but, uh, and they, they were isolated, but they, they are, it's, it's a really cool experience because they are so strange, especially if you have been looking at fish all day. Jeff continues, tuna crabs are not actual crabs, but squat lobsters, which are also not actual lobsters. They are more closely related to hermit crabs. They are also related to the langostino red lobster, uh, that got in trouble for passing off as a real lobster. Um, the tuna crabs spend their early life floating around as plankton. Some crustaceans have an insane life cycle with around 15 distinct larval stages, putting Pokemon evolutions to shame. Scientists have a lot of trouble distinguishing between different species and simply different forms of the same creature. One major complication of domesticating marine species for uh, aquaculture is these microscopic stages of life, which would be 
uh, inadvertently removed from any aquarium with a normal filtration system. Imagine the difficulty of raising cows or pigs that have millions of offspring at once, all of whom are in great danger of being sucked into the ventilation system. Thanks for tolerating my meandering spam, and more importantly, thanks for presenting us all with so many varied and interesting topics to ponder. Jeff. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, great email. You know, I I don't think I knew that Red Lobster ever got in trouble for trying to sell uh, langoustines as real lobster, especially because I thought langoustines were like a were a delicacy. I've had them before, and they're I, I thought they were considered good. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know people want to know what they're buying, but they're supposed to be in the tank, right, with the rubber bands. So it it should be a situation where you're uh, maybe there. I have no no idea about the details of the story. Like, were the langoustinos in the tank with rubber bands on? Because if that's the case, it's like as long as you get the one you point at, then what's the problem? I don't know. Well, I do think they t- they're typically smaller than than lobsters, uh, mm. but they're good. I remember the langoustines I had. It seemed like they sort of a cross between like lobster and shrimp, somewhere in the middle there. Um, this the mention of the uh, complex life cycles. Uh, this reminds me uh, on the series Futurama. We of course have uh, Doctor John A. Zoidberg, uh, who uh, is a decapodian. Uh, so he has this um, crustacean, squid-like uh, alien species. And there's one episode in particular where they they outline the life cycle of a decapodian. And it has like all of these crazy life cycles, the uh, stages of the life cycle that are based on what we actually see in the natural world. And it was mm. uh, it was quite clever. Nice. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting. Uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, this next message uh, touches on a variety of topics, including some uh, some stuff about diamonds and some stuff about Weird House Cinema. Uh, this okay. is from Jeremy. Jeremy says, Hello, Robert and Joe. In your recent Nature of the Diamond Part 4 episode, the subject of body implants came up. In particular, forehead implants. I was surprised that the epic webcomic Kill Six Billion Demons wasn't mentioned here, as many of the characters, including the main protagonist, have embedded forehead gems as a source of power. I'm sure you've recommended Kill Six Billion Demons on one of your reading list episodes. This is funny because I feel like this just came up recently that like somebody else was saying we had recommended this, but I don't, I, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, I think I, I think I recommended it. Years oh, okay. ago, but I okay. I'd forgotten a lot of the details about it. I haven't read it since then. Uh, it, it's tremendously enjoyable, beautiful art. Uh, but I had just honestly forgotten that they had forehead diamonds or gems or what have you. Shame on you! I know, I know. I love the failed to mention emails, <laughs> but don't worry, Jeremy. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Jeremy goes on. Uh, in your recent The Magic Sword Weird House episode, a concern was expressed that there would be insufficient handy princesses available to keep the dragon healthy with a regular food supply. Oh, yeah, this is because it, you got the impression once you got to Basil Rathbone's castle that he's just like churning through princesses about once or twice a week. He's got mm -hmm. new princesses coming in all the time. Uh, the dragon, obviously, you know, takes a lot of calories to feed a dragon. They'll only eat princesses, I guess. And so that, that really has to add up. How many princesses are there? Well, Jeremy says, I suspect that you underestimate the number of, quote, kings and hence castles there used to be in Europe, as the number of castles runs into the tens of thousands. For example, there are estimates of Germany, 25,000, France, 10,000, Spain, 6,000, UK, 1,500, which includes Wales, which has 600, making it the country with the most castles per square mile in the world. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know where Jer Jeremy is getting these numbers from, but if that's true, that is uh, that's a lot of kings, and I guess maybe a lot of princesses. Yeah, if if it's any indication, then maybe maybe it was a good racket for an evil wizard to have. Uh, finally, Jeremy says, you often mention checking your podcast feed on Apple devices, and I've experienced this. I switched to the UK feed when it was released, and it worked perfectly until the 5th of January when it stopped, and I can't get it to reactivate. Thankfully, I was able to switch back to the original global version, which still works. Best regards, Jeremy. Okay, Rob, is this a good point to, to do another explainer on this just briefly? Uh, we yes. are very <laughs> sorry for the inconvenience listeners. We love you. We appreciate the fact that you listen and we're very sorry <laughs> for the runaround on this, but this, uh, was just a result of stuff we were told by corporate that we were uh, going to have to move UK listeners to a separate feed. And then, uh, that requirement went away. So if any UK listeners are still on that other feed, you can come back to this one. It's okay now. 
Right. And yeah, the UK feed is, is I think, at this point completely gone uh, if the emails that I've read are accurate. So this is the only feed. If there's another feed that says stuff to blow your mind, that's not it. There can be only one. <laughs> that's right. We're extremely sorry for the inconvenience and confusion. It's, it's out of our hands. But you did the right thing by writing in and asking about it. Uh, yeah, any any kind of questions that come up about the the podcast feed, be it the Apple feed or the iHeart main feed or any of the other feeds where you get the the podcast, do bring it to our attention because sometimes it's something that's out of our hands. Sometimes it's you know something that has to do with the platform. Sometimes it's something that has to do with publication of the podcast episode and alerting it to us. Uh, it, very possibly there's something we can do to help. Um, so we appreciate it. We're not always able to observe the podcast in the wild, at least not as quickly as you listeners do. Right. We don't always know what you're seeing in the place and way that you get the podcast. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do a, a message or two about Weird House Cinema. This one comes from Maria Angela, who says, Hi, I am a faithful Italian listener, and I love your podcast. I stumbled upon an old Hugh Grant movie, namely The Lair of the White Worm. I watched the trailer, and I immediately thought of you. It seems quite ludicrous and hilarious. Maybe not intentionally. I immensely enjoy your work, Maria Angela, uh, in Italy. Well, Maria Angela, uh, thank you for bringing this to our attention. No, I I am quite familiar with Lair of the White Worm, and I am quite certain it is intentional in its hilarity. Uh, that that's a favorite of uh, Rachel and I have watched that one many times. It's re- it's it's so I don't even know how to describe it. It's uh, it's a hoot. Yeah, I mean, it's a great director and Ken Russell. Based based on Bram Stoker uh, Stoker's work, and then you got a great cast. Not only Hugh Grant, but you got Peter Capaldi. Um, you've got Catherine Oxenberg, Sammy Davis, uh, a great cast. I mean, I wonder if it's scandalous in a way that we're not brave enough to do on Weird House, but <laughs> um, but <laughs> it is great. And uh, th- there is a there are so many like great just gifable moments in it. I think of one where Amanda Donahoe just like vomits acid on a crucifix. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, that's right because she she plays the. Um, goodness, snake. I can't even remember snake woman, vampire lady, goddess. Yeah, she's creature? like a serpent sorceress. Yeah, yeah, and, and it would be great to do a Ken Russell film at some point or another in Weird House, but I, he's one of those directors where I'm not sure exactly which one would be the right Ken Russell film for us to discuss. Yeah. All right, this next one comes to us from Chris. Chris says, Joe and Robert. Listener Roberta mentioned her viewing of The Magic Sword at a drive-in as a young child. Uh, This, incidentally, was the listener mail that reminded us that, hey, we should just go ahead and do The Magic Sword for Weird House. And so we did. So thank you, Roberta. Yeah. So Chris continues, she referred to a comment one of you made about Attack of the Puppet People, maybe wanting to hear from listeners who saw the movies during their original release. This prompted me to peruse the list of previous Weird House Cinema episodes. I noticed that I had watched a number of the films, Gorgo, Dr. X, The Thing from Another World, and others. You two may have opened a bucket of blood. Oops, I mean can of worms. It it would be an interesting project to have listeners write in about first seeing the movies, but you might want to widen your criteria. I can remember the theater and or other circumstances when I first saw some of them, but not the actual date since I might have seen them as a second or third run. Movies were routinely part of second or later runs, including drive-ins when I was growing up. I think such 
uh, later distributions often produced pairings of double features different from their, their original ones. Some of us with a good number of birthdays might have seen older films primarily on television as part of local stations, late night, chiller theater, etc., uh, fair rather than in a theater. Chris. Well, this is a great point, Chris. So when it comes to uh, uh, listener mail for Weird House Cinema, yeah, I don't want to limit anybody to writing in only about seeing a movie on the original run in the theater. If you saw something on, uh, uh, what was it called, Thriller with Boris Karloff, or is it, uh, maybe I'm getting that name wrong, any of these shows that had like late night horror host shows on, on TV when you were a kid, or if it was a, a second run or whatever, that's fine too. We, we just want to hear your great stories about seeing these movies. Yeah, I want to hear about you discovering movies in the theater. I want to hear about you going to video rental stores. I want to hear about you discovering them uh, in the like the, the depths of Amazon Prime, <laughs> which, as I've mentioned before, for a good minute there had a whole lot of like weird stuff just in the, the back catalog. And mm-hmm. I think it's still there, but you have to find the right channels to subscribe to, be it like um, um, like a uh, full Moon, uh, you know, subscribe to the Full Moon channel or even like the MGM Plus channel. I've noticed I, I had to, to dip into a subscription there to watch something. And like there's a, a whole bunch of um, fabulous looking garbage in there uh, that I'm going to have to sift through at some point or another. Uh, so, yeah, all of these stories of cinematic discovery are fair game. I also want to hear your plot summaries of movies that you haven't seen since uh, you were like five years old with no refreshing. <laughs> Sure, sure. How do you remember it? What what do you think the magic sword was about? <laughs> All right, then we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. But we'd love to hear from you again. Stuff to blow your mind, primarily a science podcast. Core episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and on Mondays we do a little listener mail. On Wednesdays we do a short form episode, and on Fridays we set aside most serious concerns to just to talk about a weird film on Weird House Cinema. Uh, Yeah, we'd love to hear from all of you if you have any responses to past episodes, current episodes, or potential future episodes uh, for any of these publication days. Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, J.J. Posway. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.